Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your host that flew too close to the sun, Javi. And uh, this week we're talking about the 2014 Paranormal Activity sequel called Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And uh, we were, you know, we were talking about going back to doing kind of a less you know like a lighter movie again this week even though i feel like some of the movies now have not been more deadly serious our like podcast on baby boy last week is actually ended up being more serious than i anticipated <laughs> so we wanted to do something a little less uh a little more relatable to us so i think that's why we landed on the one movie in the paranormal activity franchise that revolves around hispanic characters <laughs> demons in the barrio baby <laughs> Um, this movie is a direct sequel to Paranormal Activity 4, and it takes place six years after the original Paranormal Activity. Jesus, the amount of movie, the the franchise spawned by one, like, indie cult classic is freaking mind-boggling. Well, part seven is in production now, too, right? So, uh, who knows, who knows, like, how far into production it got before COVID hit, but... There is going to be more movies in this franchise coming up. You know, if there's any movie you can actually film with social distancing like precautions, it's probably a paranormal activity movie. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a good social isolation movie, I think. Uh, Especially that original one. Yeah, like you only ever need a couple people on screen. It's not like you need... uh, It's not like there's a movie that requires a bunch of extra... Well, okay. By the time you get to Paranormal Activity 4, yeah, they have a shit ton of extra... (laughs) Oh man, so I guess yeah. I mean, uh, should we get started talking a little bit about the movie? You want to talk about your experience? Uh, sure. My experience with this movie is I watched it in. I think you and I watched it with like my sister and some other friends, like Honestly, when it actually came out in theaters. And uh, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah. This movie is, I guess, it's special in terms of a horror movie because. It's a movie that directly revolves around Hispanic characters, right? Um, the director is a white. Ca- I think the director is white. I don't think the director is Latin at all. But you're telling me Christopher Landon isn't a Mexican man? <laughs> well, I I don't know. Like, I wish I could like find out like who greenlit this movie or whose idea it was to take this franchise into this direction. Um, but I definitely appreciate the fact that, you know, that this movie exists. I think you watch the other, (laughs) we talked about it when we did paranormal activity last Halloween, that it's hard to watch like movies like that, where your main characters are living in these like big suburban houses in San Diego that like we'll never be able to afford or like that look nothing like houses that we grew up in. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting that they've you know that that this like absolutely like I feel obviously like we don't watching this movie <laughs> right we don't live in Los Angeles for sure but the but the characters in this movie the way they talk the way they act like these are literally people that grew up that we grew up around and <laughs> and Jesse and Hector are not too dissimilar from you and I I think oh no I was when we were say. younger. This was us because they were they're nerdy Latino kids growing up in the barrio, and it's like that's exactly me and Angel. We were the nerdy Latino kids. Yeah, exactly. I think what I appreciated about this movie is 
you know, we, you and I have been pretty honest that we grew up in a neighborhood where there was a lot of like, you know, violence and uh, quote unquote, like gang related stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for a movie to give you the perspective of the fact that, Hey, you know, we, that's not everybody that lives in the neighborhoods that we live in, like grow up in this like hyper violent environment. Right. Like some of us just, all we did was go to school, go home and hang out with our friends. And, you know, it's like the neighborhoods that we hung out in and the places that we went to, nobody could have told us it was something that was quote unquote out of the ordinary or less than something else. Like Mm -hmm. to us, that's just the life. That's just life. It's just what we grew up around. So yeah, we just happened to grow up around like, you know, a trap house down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, you know what? This the, my experience with this film is super bizarre because I don't remember ever actually like I don't remember how it came into my life. I just remember it, it, there was a time where it wasn't in my life, and then there was a time where it was, and here we are in the time where it is. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember going to watch it in the movie theater. I might have gone and seen it. I remember that time we, it, you and me, were hanging out with the boys, and then we ended up putting it on uh we ended up putting it on and we were watching at your house mm-hmm. and then you know your fiance then now wife <laughs> was like fuck this shit i'm gonna go watch this in the room <laughs> or i'm gonna go <laughs> hang out in the room while you guys watch this spooky shit you're like that and this was back when you were living your like your first apartment right mm-hmm. um so that and you know i always like remember that because i remember our friend was like dang that girl was kind of hot i didn't want to say anything though because angel's like fiance was here (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait i was the one suggesting we all watch softcore porn together and you're freaked out about that you're afraid of looking like the pervert what were we no one i no such films were ever watched in (laughs) my home Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of all course. all we watch is wholesome content. Yeah, I never forced us all to watch like <laughs> skin films together. <laughs> God, I feel like a gross nineteen fifties dad. You should. You should be disgusted. Hey son, you want to watch a skin flick? It's <laughs> <laughs> like so gross. All right, well, let's get into this movie, shall we? Uh, it's not a very long one, and it's not yeah. a very it's, it's not, not a very really dense one. No, it's definitely not fucking Godfather 2. <laughs> uh, it takes place in the summer of 2012. Uh, uh, two... you, wait, wait, wait. Quick question. What were you doing in the summer of 2012? Do you remember that? The summer of 2012, you and I were both working as youth ca- camp counselors in a day camp. <laughs> were you still working there? I thought you left already. No, that was I left in 2013. 2012 was like the summer that all of us like it really felt like your last honestly it felt like my last like summer before I became an adult (laughs) even though I was already like well into my 20s (laughs) (laughs) you know what this feels like I think we super relate to Hector and uh what was the other kid's name uh Jesse Jesse I think we super relate to them in this because this is their summer after senior year and essentially, like, <laughs> this was our five-year summer after senior year. I had literally dropped out of college already by this time. 
<laughs> so, so it was not it, I was not anywhere near 18 I'm pretty sure I was closer to 24 at this time <laughs> it was the summer of angel <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this was like a prime time like slacker hobby and angel time oh it was great All we, we basically got like paid to play sports for an entire summer like oh, all we god. did was spend all day like you know, playing sports, like, with the kids and stuff like that. We'd take them to the pools. You know, like, we were, we're, we're, we're very much people who care about, you know, the, the world that we live in. And throughout the time that we were able to provide service to people such as ourselves, like kids who are growing up in the neighborhoods that we grew up in, you know, we, we, we spent several years doing that, uh, whether it be, like, youth sports or, you know, youth day camp or pre-k and all that kind of stuff so this is a very different time in our lives i know I when we had less to worry about i also was living with my parents at this time and, and hadn't really figured out what i was gonna do yet so mm. yeah it felt like this was a summer of adolescence we watched <laughs> this movie um at around this time um i by the time by the time we like the movie takes place in 2012 but the movie yeah, came but, out in 2014 yeah and by the so, time we all watched it together like we were all kind of already getting to where we are at this point. So yeah, because by the time this movie came out, you were already engaged and moved out, and <laughs> well on your. Into, I don't want this to turn into a podcast about what I was doing. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about me, right? Because it's not always about you, okay? Because by that time, I was graduating <laughs> college and I was finishing up. So it's just really interesting how you know when this movie takes place is also a time where you and I were just playing grab ass. <laughs> Just, just in like you know, fresh-faced youths with the world in front of us. The only thing that we didn't have is a GoPro to like film our exploits. But yeah, we're oh man, if we had a GoPro, we would have done a lot of dumb. We would have done a lot more dumb shit. We would literally have done some of the stuff that they were doing, like the we, apartment building that I was living in. Like it had oh, stairs that, like I swear, I could picture. I can I picture just, us like sitting in a laundry basket and pushing <laughs> pushing each other down the stairs on. Javi, it's gonna be fine. Just <laughs> just don't let it flip forward. <laughs> but anyway, the movie revolves around an 18-year-old kid named Jesse, uh, uh, who is graduating from high school at the very beginning, and the camera that is catching everything uh for his graduation is I guess a GoPro, which was given to him as a graduation present. Mm-hmm. Who's recording then? Uh, well, it, it's 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 Hector in the beginning. Okay, because I know. Well, I mean, throughout the film, it switches off between Hector and uh, Jesse. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure it was Hector. Uh, they, I mean, despite the fact that Jesse is our quote unquote main character, it really is a Jesse and Hector project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think you and I like talked about how Hector like would probably join like Han and. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we did uh, Tej and Too Fast, Too Furious, mm-hmm. Jesse like is very much like these in our side character Hall of Fame. Well, Hector would be side character. Sorry, Hall of yes, Fame. Hector Jesse. is in the <laughs> Hector is in the side character Hall of Fame. He's in the Do We Like Movies side character Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the 2020 class. It's gonna be Tej. Hector, last year's was Han. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, it starts off with the, I guess they're filming the uh, 
the speech made by the valedictorian, who's a kid named Oscar, who will also fucking... will run into like as they're leaving the graduation. And you know, it, it's it's cool. Like I said, it's nice to like meet a character like Jesse, who yes, he is just a normal kid who just happens to live in these neighborhoods. Like you know, people who are not into trouble or not you know a product of the environment. Like we all just like you know. We're just people living our lives. <laughs> yeah, and, that's the thing. It's the every. It's like everything, right? Where the whole violence sells, or if it bleeds, it leads. Kind of mentality that the media takes. Mm-hmm. It's like if you hear about places like we grew up in, like whether it's here in Richmond or whether it's on other places, places like Oakland or any pick or Oxnard, yeah, right? LA, like, like where this movie Oxnard, where they're from, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where Oxnard is, so I don't know where. <laughs> I really don't know any local news. All I know is I see Oxnard, and I'm like, oh, that definitely looks like a Latino neighborhood in L.A. That's what I <laughs> think it looks like. But you yeah, know, and, and, those... and so we spent a, a, a good chunk of time in the early part of this movie uh, looking at Jesse's graduation party in their apartment complex. God, which... that makes me miss those old family parties, dude. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I think there's so much nostalgia here. Uh, it reminds you of a pre-COVID, but when people were actually able to gather together. <laughs> but uh, I think also just like, yeah, if we're talking like 10, 12 years ago, like when you and I were much younger and, you know, families, our families got together a lot more. Like this really does feel like almost something out of a home movie especially in the style that it's shot right like i know especially with the go that made me want to like throw a party invite our family members and get a gopro and just film all the shit (laughs) also just the character of uh jesse's grandmother like you know is not is not totally dissimilar from our grandmother who you know is no longer with us (laughs) so r.i.p it really again it really does i think it's very important that this movie is one that is so relatable to all of us. It and was I funny. Think... I don't know what I was going to say is like, the, it does a really good job of, I guess, time management. Cause like we said, this movie is very, is very, um, it's very quick. Like you go through it really fast. Mm-hmm. I think it's like an hour, hour 20. Yeah. It's short. And it but breathes. so, so the little bit of time they do have, they got to establish a lot about this, these guys' backstory and kind of like a lot about their characters really quick. And they do it really fast. I love that they used it. They, they, they showed the party at the apartment complex and now all the neighbors are there and everyone's taking shots. And that's like, it's just a big old party, but you can catch, you can catch certain parts of the, uh, of like the, the conversations between everybody. Mm-hmm. And it just tells you a lot about how, you know, these folks, who they are. Wh- and if you're not familiar with those areas or how the people in those areas grow up, yeah, you get a real quick, um, uh, a real quick uh, kind of like crash course, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing too is that this movie, it, it, it does a good job of just establishing what's going on. You see the apartment that is all like, newspapered up at the windows and stuff like that and that's where they explain that that apartment belongs to anna who is like a a you know they consider her to be a witch <laughs> and, like, and the kids like either avoid her or like some of them kind of mess with her and stuff like that as well mm-hmm. um as we're tend to do when people are different <laughs> yeah and we get introduced to uh jesse and hector's friend marisol as well who kind of becomes like the third piece in our triumvirate 
that are you know kind of going through the story in this movie here uh, i'm sorry what did you say the triumvirate you fucking nerd all right <laughs> but anyway um what's it called uh so it once the party scene is over you end up skipping right to the next day when you know jesse and and, and hector are just filming each other doing these stupid stunts you know like uh, going down the stairs on the laundry basket. <laughs> mm-hmm. And most of these, I think one of the things that upsets me is that most of the things, the hijinks that we're filming here are like f- physical pain for Hector. <laughs> I love that Powered by Frijoles shirt he has. I really want that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that scene where... <laughs> Best part is Jesse's such a dick. He's like, "Come on, do it. Just do it. Stop being a little bitch." And then finally, Hector does it, and then Hector gets mad pissed, and he's like, "Why don't you do it?" And then Jesse's like, "Oh no, I'm too scared." Fuck my. <laughs> yeah, and we know people that are exactly like we know people that do this. Like I know that do straight up. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that it's us. Yep, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fucking put my business out like that. <laughs> <laughs> but while this happens, um, they see their friend, well, they see Oscar, the valedictorian, coming out of the apartment that belongs to Anna. And he looks either terrified or just super serious and just needs to get out of there as quickly as possible. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's really strange to them because why would this guy be in the apartment of this much older woman uh, that people don't know anything about? Basically, like a mystery woman, right? Mm-hmm. and as hector and jesse look at her apartment door that's when she like stares them down and that's pretty terrifying too <laughs> i and this is a thing in like in the i don't know i, I it, it's a trope you see in a lot of different movies uh in a lot of different um from a lot from folks in a lot of different backgrounds but this really like this really hit a chord for me because I remember us telling stories about old people like this, like that oh, were always creepy. Well, shit, I had an old creepy person on my block that used to be like that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think in our neighborhood we had a we had this uh, we had a woman that like lived between where my house was and where my aunt's house was, which all my cousins would go visit at. You know, like all of us would get together there. Mm-hmm. between both of our houses on that block somewhere in the middle there was just like you know woman who I think, she, I think yeah i think she was korean or some kind of asian and all she really did was talk to herself and then walk back and forth and then yell and like just stare at us you mm-hmm. know like to the point where sometimes she would just like stand outside my parents house and like look and look look at you know whoever was looking from the window like I, i'm pretty Ew. sure i've seen that at some point um that's creepy as shit. <laughs> she just like one, one day you I, walk I, out and she just starts screaming, "You're all gonna die in there!" <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, but yeah, it's like we had that, and I that's that's what made me think about this as well. <laughs> but um, you know, they kind of brush it off and don't really think too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but think, they but, but they do. This does make them curious about Anna's apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the thing one of the first things that they do is they get one of the neighborhood kids who lives inside the complex to go and like bang on her door and call her a witch in Spanish. 
<laughs> and they don't realize that she's not inside the house. And there's like a jump scare where the camera like pans over to her just like yelling at them and basically like threatening them. Like, and obviously again, it's frightening because you know that she has the power to put a curse on them and that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out what point it was that um that Jesse gets cursed and I thought it was that scene but I guess it might it takes place later. Mm, no, it takes place it, well it takes place earlier but we'll we'll get into Oh, well, we'll, I mean yeah, we'll get into, We'll get into like, the lore as we yeah. as we go in. Yeah. But um, so every every movie has every paranormal activity movie has a gimmick with the uh with the camera, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Paranormal Activity three. They had the 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 dad puts the camera on the oscillating fan. I think four has the gimmick where um, it was where the, the Xbox, Xbox Connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Xbox Connect. Um, so I guess the gimmick here is that they can use the GoPro and put it in different places, right? Yeah. So so the the boys end up one night. Um, they I mean, realistically, to... if we're thinking about it, like this movie, I feel like this one actually relies well, the less gimmick... on gimmicks. The gimmicks <laughs> the are. Gimmick... I think the gimmicks are gone. I think the gimmicks with the cameras are gone, and even the gimmick with uh, like with nights. Like the, there's no nights in this movie. Well, like where that's it's, like, what counting separates... down the different nights. That's what separates this movie from the other movies, which I right. find really interesting right off the bat. And, like, it's um, so funny because it's such a different, like, it's such a different style. Like, I mean, it's a found footage movie. It's in the, it's got the Paranormal Activity name in it. But the mood of it, because obviously you've given it such a different cultural flavor, like, mm-hmm. it feels like a different movie. It feels like a different series. So you don't really think about any connections that could exist between this and the actual, like, original, like, the original paranormal activity like it feels like it could be just like those cloverfield sequels right that you just slap the same title on but it's like stories in a completely different world it's interesting you say that because at one point once um you know later in the movie when um when jesse starts developing his powers it almost it doesn't even feel like a paranormal activity movie anymore it feels like a superhero origin like story yeah and It, it feels like something like it feels like yeah it feels like some sort of street sci-fi movie <laughs> yeah and it's really cool because the I, and i love how they're able to play with the tone because at one point it feels very playful and hopeful and then it just it switches quick right and it's that's like true. on the on a flip of a dime all of a sudden the tone shifts and you know it's, it's actually i think that's to the movie's credit that it's able to do that Mm-hmm. The tragedy of this movie is that you is that you care about all the characters again because they feel so personal to us, like people that we know or like you know people exactly like us, like you know Jesse's grandmother, his dad, his sister, like all the people that are around them, like you care about all of them. So the fact that you know this this what's going to happen and this movie's going to ruin everyone's life is just awful. Even Oscar, right? Like you, this guy's a valedictorian. His parents are probably super proud of him being like, you know, someone who's going to make it out. And mm-hmm. even especially his older brother, like you'll find out is much more into the street life. Uh, like, you know, it's just there is a there is a bit of a sad part in all of this as well. But it really does. all too common sad. <laughs> but the earlier part of this where it is pretty fun as well is that um, as well, bef- before the fun. Well, what I- yeah, what I was going to mention, the one thing I would really consider a gimmick is how they're able to use the, the GoPro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and in this scene, as the boys want to learn more about Anna, they and they total in a total invasion of her privacy. What they end up doing is they hook up the GoPro to a TV in Jesse's room, and uh, they try to, um, you know, they lower the GoPro to try to look through one of like the the HVAC grates. Mm-hmm. And they get a very clear shot of a naked woman just standing in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're trying to zoom in to get more pictures or, you know, get a clearer picture of her. And it's hilarious because Hector's like, oh, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then while like, they're watching it, like the grandmother like walks in <laughs> and thinks that they're watching porn. <laughs> part is how mad she gets and she's like you're not watching porn in my house <laughs> and, then, and then jesse starts shouting at hector for not locking the door <laughs> like, i immediately remember like it just took me back to like you know when you're a kid and the, your parents do catch you watching porn for the first time <laughs> oh jesus but yeah, spoiler alert. I mean, you know, for real life, don't ever do this. Like, what yeah, you're please doing do is not invade the, the privacy of anyone, even if they are creepy neighbors. Especially creepy neighbors, because then they'll put curses on you. <laughs> yeah, and so once after they see this, I don't know if it's the same night or a, or a night after that where they decide that they're going to film uh, Hector, of course, because Jesse never does anything dangerous. <laughs> Uh, Hector is going to light a firecracker uh, near the dumpster, right? <laughs> and while they're waiting for the firecracker to light, it just like stops and you kind of think it's a dud. So Hector gets closer. He decides to light it again. And <laughs> you're like waiting for the explosion of the firecracker. And what you get is the jump scare of Oscar uh, jumping off the, the roof of the house, of the roof of the apartment building, and then running out the door. Uh, as like police officers and helicopters are following or looking for him so yeah so uh, uh, you know and if anyone's familiar with um or kind of knows what these neighborhoods look like there's a lot of alleyways so it's like these big like kind of horseshoe shaped um apartment buildings yeah apartment Mm -hmm. buildings where you come in through the middle and then you you walk up on the second story and pretty much you you get access through the front and then you can leave out through the side where the where the parking um, where the parking I guess garage or the parking ways are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are long ass um, alleyways in between all these uh, in between all these apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. So everything looks like it feels kind of creepy in the sense that you're all living on top of each other, but you can like like you never know who you're going to run into in these alleyways and that's kind of what the, and you know that's part of the jump scare there is that oscar just jumps in on these folks and the, or on these dudes and take off running then the firework of course goes <laughs> yeah so the firecracker goes off and it's just like you kind of get this laugh like after you get the like the thing of being scared uh next thing you know like the police are all over the apartment building everyone has to like kind of barricade inside of their home and stuff like that and you know if you've ever been if you've ever like lived where someone is kind of on the loose and running around and stuff like that that's kind of how it is you have to let the helicopters do what they're gonna do and police will tell you to stay inside your home yeah and then you just wait make sure the dude doesn't pop up in your yard (laughs) oh man yeah (laughs) i know like the last year the last year that i lived in like the first house that i grew up in Mm -hmm. uh, we basically had that happen where they were like looking for someone and and our house was like right down the block from the from one of the main streets right mm-hmm. and uh 
yeah, somebody had just jumped the fence into our yard, like trying to evade the cops. And, <laughs> and we heard they had fell in our backyard and actually ended up like thumping right into the wall where like the washing machine, like in, in the wall to where the room of the washing machine was. Oh, and it was yeah, just like a yeah. giant bang. And I just remember running to the back door. And when I turned off the light in the, when I turned on the light in the backyard, I saw somebody just run across the backyard. And I was like, oh, shit. Just fucking shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like, situations like that i we're familiar with <laughs> i know that don't freak us out anymore like it's just oh god growing yeah. up in the hood is fun <laughs> <laughs> but anyway once once the anna's body is like removed from her apartment building her you know her, her apartment is a crime scene uh mm-hmm. other bad behavior things do not go into a crime scene <laughs> <laughs> some things i never thought i'd have to say on my podcast <laughs> please do not go into an active crime scene and please do not move shit around in an active crime yes, scene yes <laughs> especially when you are the neighbor or can be like you know fingered as a or, or you know fingered as a uh, suspect in this case as well <laughs> I mean the only thing better is that wait do we ever review that um, uh, Once Upon a Time in America no what was the movie we watched with Robert De Niro and Chaz Pound a Bronx Tale and we've Bronx never reviewed tale. it No. okay cool but we watched it right yes like oh god remember the part where the cop brings out little the, the kid and uh, he like forces him to identify the yes. mobsters in broad daylight like I was just like what if the cops just grab Jesse and they're like pull have a lineup <laughs> of demons and they're like which one's the one <laughs> Like, I don't know why that popped into my head when I was watching the movie. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, once the cops leave, I think it's the next day, Hector and Jesse go in there. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's a a few nights later. They go in with uh, Marisol. Yeah. Um, And I think that's where they find out about kind of like a journal, right? They find the journal uh, that Anna was keeping. Mm -hmm. And they try translating some stuff. And when we get we get the line that supposed that pretty much Anna is trying to um, is trying to help find a or create a doorway that leads to unholy places or unholy uh, open doorways <laughs> to unholy lands. Yes. To which we get the hilarious joke from Hector be like, I'm trying to get in uh, Marisol's cousins or was it Marisol's friend Esme's unholy land? to which marisol and jesse get mad pissed about well no it's funny too because that's like the second gag like even before they actually end up in the in the apartment i think the morning of uh hector grabs the camera and he starts filming as he's like drawing a dick on jesse's face (laughs) they're so us yeah jesse gets up and he's like eating like cereal and like they're having a serious conversation and then his sister just walked into the kitchen and looked at him and said there's a dick on your face fool (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so and that's the other thing as far as we know hector and jesse are just friends right or are they related um because it feels like hector lives there sometimes no he doesn't live there he definitely doesn't live there, but he and Jesse are best friends. I don't know how close he lives to them. I think Maricel is a neighbor. She actually like lives in the same complex, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because you you saw the scene of her like doing laundry in, uh, oh, in the same that's apartment right. complex. Uh-huh. But I think Hector's probably the only one that doesn't live there, but he's definitely just like there all the time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's definitely the vibe it gets. But pretty much in the in the days after Anna's death, oh, and that's the other thing we forgot to talk about the 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 naked chick in Anna's apartment. Um, how Anna draws a symbol, mm-hmm. a circle with a triangle in it, right? And that spookiness comes back later. Well, yeah, I think it's it's the same symbol that they show earlier in the paranormal. I think part three of paranormal activity is where they actually like show the the coven's like oh they show the coven's like symbol for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that they're doing, like while you know after this has taken place, is they're also playing the Simon game, uh, which was yeah. super popular in the nineties, right? Like. I remember Simon and like stuff like Bop It, like being <laughs> super like, games like that. yeah, like being like super popular. And, um, you know, with the way Simon works is, is it's like four different buttons and they're four different colors and you wait for it to light up one of the buttons along with the sound, right. That it plays and you're supposed to like, you're supposed to move with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to pretty much you copy the pattern and yeah. that's how it works. Right. So um, when Jesse, when Jesse Marisol and uh, Hector are playing with the with the Simon, you know, you, you get the it, it stops working the way it's supposed to. Right. It takes a while. And what they start <laughs> noticing is it starts reacting or it starts answering questions using green as, you know, affirmative. Yeah, it literally just started with, with is Hector stupid <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Is Hector stupid? It's like it's uh, one of those things where it's like it should be frightening that this thing is starting to make sounds, right? mm -hmm. But but the part of it that's just ridiculous is that is that for them it's just like no 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 it's like we're gonna use this excuse to fuck with Hector some more. (laughs) It's uh, and it's like and this one I'm like yeah that's the kind of dumb shit that I could see people doing, especially people we grew up with, right? Mm And then, so up until, and this is what I'm talking about from, you know, during this part when they're discovering what the demon is doing and how it's like interacting with everybody. Uh, this is where I feel like, oh crap, this feels kind of interesting because at this point, Jesse's having fun. It's a good experience. And this is where I relate it to a superhero origin story, right? Because mm-hmm. we get that scene where uh, Jesse and Hector go play basketball. And then after they get confronted by, uh these two dudes that try to rob them and when they start jumping jesse the demon defends jesse by almost killing the guys like he throws one dude into a wall and sends another guy flying across the park <laughs> and then eventually the the you know the guys end up get, uh getting away or the boys end up getting away and then we also get that scene where jesse like he finds out where if he falls the demon will catch him mm-hmm and he so he floats right or he like leans and he can lean really <laughs> far back at super unnatural angles and then when they, when he tries to do the same thing with hector hector like does a trust fall off the chair and eats shit <laughs> yeah, just lands on his fucking ass and this is like <laughs> he pissed off mad. because the He's pissed off because it didn't catch him. <laughs> he goes, why didn't it catch me, dude? <laughs> like, he got hella mad about it. <laughs> yeah. No, and then it's funny, too, because, like, even their grandmother, like, when they played with the Simon the night before, like, their grandmother came in and, and saw something bad, like, you know, 
as she should. She shut, <laughs> she that, shut that shit down, down and like stole the Simon away from them. Oh my god, uh, that I was hilarious because my mom's done shit like that. Yeah, and it's funny too because like I feel like this the grandmother character reminds me a lot of uh, I think it's, her name is Irma. Yeah. Uh, she reminds me a lot of like the Martin, the the housekeeper in Paranormal Activity too. Like you know, it's just like again people that we know or people that could be related to us. Like mm-hmm. it's just they're they're you know people in our culture are very superstitious. They just are. Yep. It's like it's a, it's a mixture of like mysticism and Catholicism, and I can't explain why that is. Like, <laughs> oh dude, my mom got super mad at me the other day because like she was trying to give me a necklace that. I wore when I was a kid and it was like a silver cross. And she goes, you should start wearing this again for protection. And when she put it in my hand, I started being like, this kind of burns for some reason. And she got mad pissed. She like took it back and she just starts cussing me out in Spanish. Oh, yeah. She, I, go, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, I was trying to put it on. She goes, put it on. I was like, all right, fine. So I'm trying to put it on, and the chain is from when I was a kid. So obviously, my neck and my head have gotten way bigger than they were back then. So it doesn't fit. And I was like, stop fucking around and put on the damn chain. <laughs> and I'm like, I physically can't. My head's too big. My head is too fucking big. And she was just hella mad pissed at me the rest of the day because she thought I was just messing with her. No, I remember uh, uh, like my mom like sometime last year was telling me that my house is probably haunted because I'm reviewing The Exorcist on Earth because I'm watching movies like The Exorcist for the show <laughs> and that it's probably the reason why my daughter wasn't able to sleep at night. <laughs> it's just like, what? Meanwhile, your daughter saying her favorite animals are giraffes and <laughs> zombies. Zombie princess. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, again, very superstitious people. So, uh, yes, that's why they come in to shut that shit down. Yep. <laughs> so, like, Jesse and Hector, and, you know, Jesse's getting this newfound confidence because of his magical powers. Oh, we should so, mention this as well because we're kind of, like, just jumping back and forth in a lot of the movie. But things that are discovered inside of Anna's apartment uh, of note besides the notebook that they were looking at was they found a box of Katie and her sister. Uh, what was her sister's name in the second Christy. movie? Christy. Katie and mm-hmm. Christy's home movies from Paranormal Activity 3 for some mm-hmm. reason are in a box in Anna's apartment. Oh, so letting you know this is in the same universe and just kind of planting the seeds for like later when we find out exactly how connected this is. Just to remind you that it's not just based by name, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesse having newfound confidence because of his powers, the guys end up crashing a barrio party where there's a very... Oh, one more... Sorry. I, oh, no, go I, ahead. Go I, ahead. I hate, yeah. One other thing we didn't mention is the bite mark that Jesse got. Oh, that's right. Uh, the night after the Simon game, or the that's day, right. the morning right. after right. the Simon game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hector comes in and says, are you on your period, fool? Like... <laughs> so fucking gross and i'm just like god you're so fucking gross i'm like you're such a fucking young like late teenage young man (laughs) but yeah jesse does have the bite mark he has the magic powers 
Which, if um, you remember in Paranormal Activity One, our review, if you want, go back and listen to it because you know <laughs> everything's connected. No, yeah, it's the same bite mark that Katie got on her thigh, and I think he even has it on the on his leg too. Um, no, it's his arm. It's his, his arm. arm. And um, the other thing is, you know, then you end up kind of fast forwarding to a night where they're playing hoops, right? Mm-hmm. They're shooting hoops at a local school, and yeah, it's that's really the dark. Of- yeah, that's the part I was talking about where the demon uh, defends uh, Jesse and throws the dudes around. Ew. What? <laughs> Speaking of technology, <laughs> for some reason, my phone just listened to what I said and was about to answer me. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Maybe there are demons <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, like you were saying, they were shooting hoops with those two dudes, and then they uh, they end up getting jumped, and the demon ends up uh, protecting Jesse. Awesome, excellent. Yeah. Demon saves him from an ass whooping, and a... <laughs> Jesse beat the shit out of these guys by accident. That's what I was saying. He almost killed him. Yeah, um, yeah. So they go to they they you know after that, like you mentioned, it's like Jesse feels invincible, so he decided to go to this like hood party. Uh, where you know it's very clearly probably a lot of gangsters are hanging out and Hector's so scared he's like man some of these guys probably been to jail one dude gets like what and he goes no (laughs) not you fool like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh, there they run into two lady friends Uh, they flirt with them and they decide for some reason it's a good idea to try to bring them to Anna's apartment so that they can have the sex well first of all they didn't take him to Anna's apartment. They tried to go upstairs, but they found Grandma Irma asleep, and they didn't want to like <laughs> true. explain why two floozies were coming with them. <laughs> but um, what was it? The don't don't skip over the best line in the movie when Hector says, "Hey, can I give you a kiss on the cheek?" It's just funny because my cheeks above my testicles. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, that, uh, I was like, what the fuck. I'm like this fucking dude. <laughs> I fucking love Hector. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a pig, and Hector's a pig. But the, <laughs> it's because you were a pig. <laughs> but so, uh, when yeah, they, they take, when they end up, sorry. No, I was just gonna say they end up taking the girls into Anna's apartment, and you know the guys kind of come up with this plan. Everyone's trash from the party. Like everyone got drunk, and they go with this plan where. Uh, where Jesse was going to hook up with what was the girl's name? I was gonna say something. Eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I just, really I just said just girl that he brings home. But I, I think she had a name. I think her name was like Penelope or something. But I mean, th- it doesn't matter. She's not really. This is literally the only scene she's in. But um, yeah. So they like uh, split up, and Jesse takes the girl to the other room, and. Uh, you know, they start getting hot and heavy. Uh, she takes off her top and she, ke- and you know, she's like all dirty talking to him, ready to get into it. So, and then she puts a hard stop and is like, so, you know, so do you have a condom? And Jesse, of course, forgetting to have a condom on him, runs back upstairs to his apartment so that he can grab the condom. And so uh, the girl's just waiting for uh, Jesse to come up. And this is kind of where I forget exactly how it happened, but there's like the there's a trap door. They put down the camera, yes. 
So, so, so she starts hearing sounds coming from the, from below the ground, right? Like this banging sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she gets closer to the ground, she kind of puts her ear to the floor to see what's going on. And there, that's when, you know, this trap door that apparently exists at the bottom of Anna's, you know, uh, floor bursts open and out of it comes uh, Oscar with like completely dark eyes. And uh, so well, the girl... no, he grabs her by the head. Remember, yes. he grabs her That's by the right. hair and tries to yank her into the hole with him. Yeah, She's... very Evil Dead. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you!" That is so Evil Dead. <laughs> so the girl starts screaming bloody murder. She ends up getting the hand off of her and takes off running. Um, as the you know uh, the 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 GoPro is still recording everything. Like you said, this is where we see Oscar just like you know completely out of it looking dark-eyed look definitely looking at like completely possessed at this point mm-hmm. and he runs uh or no he doesn't run he just like gets out of the gets out of the um the from the basement area and just like walks towards the back of the room and around the corner right and then within seconds, Jesse runs in with, or, you know, he comes in looking for, uh, looking for essentially Oscar or looking for this guy that attacked her. And he picks up the GoPro and starts looking around. He goes into the bathroom. And of course we get the freaking jump scares of whenever the camera's <laughs> panning, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is my biggest knock on all the paranormal activity movies. But they do that really cheap jump scare. He turns around and there's there's uh, Oscar, right? But what I like about it is it's not like in a normal movie you get a musical sting or like some sort of musical like just like bang that like comes. Whereas like in Paranormal Activity, the jump scares are like it sounds like someone is like punching or just smacked like the boom mic. <laughs> I know that's always what it sounds like, but it makes you feel even more stupid for like being mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's done completely in a natural way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So Oscar looks at Jesse. His eyes are completely black, and he tells him that that uh, Anna, you know, did something to him, put something inside of him, and the same thing is going to happen to him. Basically, like the warning. Essentially, that you're going to die up there, like <laughs> <laughs> you know that you hear, or that you're all going to die in there. Like it is the warning that you he is get the harbinger. um and he talks about that's why he had to kill anna uh and jesse you know when he's looking at the at the mirror inside of the bathroom you get a flash cut that shows demon jesse before it flashes right back to normal jesse yeah i remember i remember um reading that there's a that there's something like that that happened or there's some that happens and that there's actually something more subtle i guess in the mirror Mm-hmm. where it just like it, the his reflection isn't doing what uh isn't oh. doing what Jesse's actually doing. Oh Jesus. Yeah, mirrors in horror movies are always awfully frightening. I mean, <laughs> shit. God, my favorite one is the reflection in Hereditary where uh where uh what's his name? Peter Ooh, it's was the smiling. Worst. Yeah, it's easily the most frightening thing in that movie. Um, so we, you know, we end up leaving here and nothing, I mean, we don't really know what happens with the girls, right? Like at this oh, well, point, I mean, we do, they, they run upstairs. I think Hector takes them upstairs to, uh, to the apartment. Right. But I mean, besides that, it's like, there, there's no, oh, there's not, not going to be come... follow up. We'll never see them again. <laughs> they're most definitely not having sex that night. 
There was no sex to be had on this night. <laughs> Purity man away. <laughs> um, so uh, Hector and Jesse uh, chase after Oscar after he uh, ends up uh, taking off. Yeah, and and either, either I don't. It wasn't this time that they saw it, but earlier in the film when they were inside of the apartment, besides the videotapes, they also found pictures of Jesse. Uh, and his pregnant mother, right? Mm-hmm. Who, which you find out in the movie that Jesse's mother died giving birth to him. Um, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, and then af- it's after uh, Oscar's death that we find out that there's kind of a connection between uh, Jesse and Oscar in that sense. But yeah, that same night when they uh, encounter Oscar, he actually ends up killing himself by climbing to the top of what looked like a church. Um, after he tells mm-hmm. Jesse that if he really wants to save those he loves, he's going to kill himself. That's the only thing yeah. he can do. So when he takes off running, Jesse goes following him. Hector uh, follows after. Uh, they start shouting at each other from across the street. As Oh, that is at- so... It's so much tension. There's a ton of tension in that scene. And mm-hmm. then the jump scare is just Oscar like crashing through the car. It was fantastic, dude. And I was just like, oh, my God, that was very well done. It got me. It was a bad jump scare, but it really got me. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it really makes you feel for Oscar as a character. Like, even though you don't have much, you don't have much. They don't do much to tell his story, only the fact that, you know, one, he uh, he is a valedictorian of his school. He has a brother that cares about him, but that, you know, would be on the quote unquote wrong path. Right, because earlier in the film, when you are seeing Hector at work, which what his job is, is like holding up those signs outside of those businesses, right? With yep. his headphones on. Um, with the GoPro, they end up like filming these gangsters across the street who, you know, obviously think that they're probably being filmed so that they can be reported to the police, end up chasing Jesse and Hector. So uh, the brother, like you see him several times in the movie before our characters will actually reach out to him a little later. Um, a difficult part. Well, after the night after the oh, death of Oscar, sorry, the group, they, actually, they, they run into the, uh, they run into brother. They run into Oscar's brother at Anna's apartment. Remember? Yeah. The night they pick up all the shit. I forgot about that. Well, yeah, that. it happens after they have gone, you know, one of the times that they run in is after, you know, the day after Oscar is dead, they go down, uh, they find the trap door that he came out of and they end up going digging into there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when he, you know, uh, I guess, so Jesse is like lured into the trap door because, and this is like without Hector, right? Like this is Jesse by himself. And, and it's weird. Like you feel even more scared when Hector's not around. Like mm-hmm. it at least feels like they can handle these things together. But in the scene where it's like Jesse by himself, it's like even more frightening for some reason. Um, I think he goes down there because his dog, like right, his dog, his dog is crying. Yeah, and uh, when he goes down the trap door, like he sees like two kids with glowing eyes who are apparently supposed to be young uh, Christy and Katie from Paranormal Activity Three. Mm-hmm. A lot and of I guess one of the things that they talk about. For sure. A lot of the things that they talk about in this movie is that uh, I guess whatever this coven is, they are able to uh, teleport to different locations at different time periods, mm-hmm. which is important to keep in mind as well. Um, Jesse essentially becomes much more disconnected. And at this point in the movie, he is less of the main character and we end up 
like more on Hector and Marisol's side uh, mm-hmm. because Jesse, uh, once they go visit uh, Oscar's brother, I think is when the switch really flips, right? Mm-hmm. They find he out goes that from main character to antagonist. Yeah, you see that that Oscar, what he was doing because obviously he was a valedictorian, he was smart. He was doing a ton of research on what was happening to him, and he ends up finding out that there's a bunch of these like kids around the world that apparently have some sort of mark on them, and the mark will make them essentially cursed. And um, that basically, I guess uh, you get you get the impression from watching this that the exact same thing is going to start happening to Jesse. Jesse ends up getting completely shutting down when uh, Hector says, "You know, is it the same thing?" You know, like your mother passed away during birth and you find out that Oscar is adopted Mm -hmm. um, and that his mother like died giving birth to him as well. So it ends up being something that's more closely related to, I guess, the death of mothers. So and one thing to note about the marked ones is that they're all firstborn males. Mm hmm. And that's why and that's how it's actually discovered about uh, Oscar being um about Oscar being adopted because people, because they assume that uh, his older brother was the, his older brother. Yeah. They would have thought he was the first male. Turns out he was the first uh, male to his now deceased mom. Yeah. Um, Among, among the stuff that is posted on Oscar's wall, they find a phone number and a newspaper clipping uh, for Allie Ray, who is the daughter from paranormal activity Two, So Chrissy's mm -hmm. stepdaughter, um, who I guess in the years since her parents uh, were killed and her brother was stolen by her possessed demon's aunt, um, she mm-hmm. has become a bit of a paranormal expert now. And our care, and so Hector and Marisol end up like calling her to meet up with her at a park. And you know, this is the thing where it's like where where now you're like cool. Like this universe feels bigger now. It's like you. It's like paranormal activity is so simple cheap it's a franchise that never has to do all that they actually do to try to make it make sense and connect everything like i appreciate that about this series because this series if any has just they should have just carte blanche to like every new movie it's just a new universe and don't ask any questions about the old one and Mm. just go on and listen to us right like just whatever take our word for it if any movie has, like you said, that uh, power to get away from telling a connected story, because just the nature of your movies are fa- found f- uh, found footage films, you can tell whatever story under the name of Paranormal Activity, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like the fact that this film was able to draw in so many strings that were left in so many different films like b- that were made before this. I'm like, damn, dude. This is actually yeah. really interesting how they're able to, you know, make all those connections. This is yeah, a Marvel like, level shit here. Like the, the the series takes a fundamental shift. Like do you remember when we did Paranormal Activity one last year? It was very clearly just demonic possession. Like that's all mm-hmm. it was. It was, and obviously, like the when we talked about the Diane subplot from the original movie that was ultimately cut out of the theatrical movie the reason why that doesn't exist and why we never reference it in ever in the rest of the series is because this theory doesn't make sense. If we just talk about how it happened to some other random person, right? Mm-hmm. The Especially idea, if you've established this worldwide coven that yeah. is like doing some sneaky supernatural moves. 
suddenly it's yeah it becomes more than just your run-of-the-mill possession story and our coven are also apparently their names are the midwives Mm -hmm. and they what they do is they brainwash women to give up their firstborn sons and to like i guess a demon and they end up becoming possessed Mm -hmm. um ali gives them i guess the address to where the last ritual is going to take place and lets them know that once this occurs uh jesse will like it'll seem like you know, like it, everything's going to come to a conclusion and Jesse's just going to go back to being back to normal, except he's not going to be Jesse anymore. He's going to be completely like a demon. Essentially, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, he's just going to be a different person from then on out. It's, it's essentially what happened to Katie. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, uh, then he can start getting into the whole like goofs and continuity errors, but that's not, that's not what we're here for. We're not no. putting the whole series on trial. I mean, it seems pretty, it seems pretty like, consistent because even when we did paranormal activity one there is a scene where mika's like towards the end where mika's saying all right let's go to the hotel we have everything booked and let's get out of here and that's when like katie seems normal and that everything is fine and she's happy but that's when she like looks at the camera and like her voice goes i think it's okay now and just like you hear this deep growling yeah (laughs) that's beyond it so for Um, we are legion (laughs) no but what i mean is like the big continuity here is that the marked ones are all supposed to be firstborn males and it's like katie is the only marked one who doesn't fit the mold of being the firstborn male and that she's the second born female no but uh katie and christie's uh grandmother is She's like the head of, head of the coven. Yeah, so. she's the head of the coven. So it's like... You can explain it away. You can be like, oh, she can do whatever she wants. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's why I'm like, I'm I'm not here to get too much lost in the right. weeds. Right? There's things where it's it, it's ever evolving in a way. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it ends up resembling something that's not what it, they started with. And in a um, way, I guess it makes it more terrifying if you're if you're playing the long con, right? Is that the rules aren't meant for us to be understanding because we're not a part of that world. Yeah. So what I guess, you know, uh, Irma's really like scared about, you know, what's happening with Jesse. And Jesse's behavior is becoming a lot darker and more violent. Like we get that confrontation with uh, the dude in the in the supermarket. Yeah. The guy that's talking to Marisol and Jesse, for some reason, loses his shit and almost like like fights the dude in the store and then when he's asked to leave by the uh, almost fights the manager of the store yeah. but like the um, manager swings a bat at him and jesse just like catches the bat like it ain't shit it's like it's i think one of the, the, there's a couple of evil there's a few very evil things that he does too one of them is the scene where he's torturing know, where the he, dog yeah where he's torturing the dog and the other, the other one is just the the scene that I, I hate and it like makes me upset watching it is mm-hmm. where Jesse takes the camera from Hector and basically points it at him and tells him that he's not his friend and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that it just kind of like dresses him down and it's like fuck, like this is so what? like mean and like <laughs> it's just you're dark. just mad because it's happening to Hector. It's I don't want to anything to happen to Hector. Shit. No, I don't want it to happen to Marisol either. I love her as well. Like, yeah, Marisol's cool, but please protect Hector. <laughs> protect Hector at all costs. Um, oh, but like you were saying, Grandma Irma is like really scared. So what she starts doing is 
uh she essentially um reaches out to the the local healing like heal spirit healing faith healing community right yeah so she goes to this store and we shit you not this exists in um in, in latin circles the the botanicas so these are stores that will sell you roots and herbs with the intention of essentially i shit you not they are selling you magic ingredients yeah yeah and no, it's, I, the best part the best <laughs> i think i talked to you about this as well is yesterday you know i had to take my my wife's car to get looked at by uh by her mechanic right or by their mm-hmm. mechanic and um at when we were at <laughs> at the mechanics like place of business right uh you know it's again it's latin people so everyone there's just like this instant like everyone will talk to you like they know you like that's just how our culture is Mm -hmm. this guy comes in and he's bringing his car in and i was texting javi about it and he essentially like starts telling us about like how he's been taking these like wonder supplements from mexico that are keeping him from getting covid and are keeping everyone around him from getting covid and this guy's not wearing a mask like i was just, like frightened and i just had to like stand as far away from him as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you're uh, just like don't get close to me please yeah and you know it's not like it's an actual place of business that we're at like this mechanic is working out of his home space so <laughs> it's like it's about as ghetto as it gets and (laughs) and i was just like i was just like oh my god i was like this guy i even texted you i was like this guy is literally just telling me that that i'll never get covid if i have this like wonder root (laughs) from mexico you know the you know those masks are all fake right come on let me cough in your mouth and i'll prove to you it works (laughs) (laughs) but yes uh, you can continue oh man but yeah so these botanicas i shit you not there's there i can think of at least two or three like within maybe 10 minutes of my house that i can drive to (laughs) but um yeah so these so so they end up going here and they end up picking up some herbs and different things to do um to do a ritual a cleansing ritual Mm -hmm. so essentially uh grandma arma um she 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 invites jesse to sit in the living room and using an egg and uh while reciting um like not an incantation but prayers like reciting prayers she's trying to draw out the evil from uh from jesse's body and she Mm -hmm. wants to protect him and she's asking uh she's essentially asking god to protect him and while she's running the egg over jesse's face he grabs her hand and then smashes the egg in her hand and it explodes in blood. And mm-hmm. it freaked me out at first because I thought he broke her hand. And I was like, oh my God, that's super gruesome. And then when he ends up like letting go of her, you see her hands okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I felt better. Like it instantly, like as soon as he grabs her hand, instant fucking uh, tension, right? Because then you have uh, Jesse and uh, Marisol freaking out. So what ends up happening is the, the 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 lights cut out and they switch the GoPro to night vision and we as they're trying to figure out what's going on, we get this shot of the living room. This and it's CG like warping. Shot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like warping outward until finally it like breaks and Jesse teleports in. 
and just tell like using telekinesis just destroys the entire living room just trashes it right and just everyone freaks out and it's it's actually a really good jump scare i thought it was very well done mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was crazy as shit man yeah and and so once we we like get past this scene you know irma has to be taken by an ambulance to the hospital um, well the next morning they end up oh getting yeah Jesse sorry the bed. next yeah sorry i jumped ahead yeah, so they end up getting Jesse to bed. The next morning, he's just like, he's just like uh, hella feverish, and he's sick like a dog. And then suddenly, he gets better when Hector when he- and Hector tries to like follow him around the house, but he takes off, and he finds and and Irma said she was gonna come back and take care of him. She and she's as she's taking a while. Hector goes out to try to find Irma and he finds Jesse standing at like the top of the stairs and sees grandma Irma at the bottom bleeding like from her head mm-hmm. implying that Jesse pushed her down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Why is that such a horror movie thing? Like why is it always a horror movie thing to shove people down stairs? I don't know, but it's particularly evil. It's super fucking horrifying. Like, like this- like what like shooting a guy is um it's not nearly as terrifying as pushing him downstairs yeah it's there's something super malicious about it and i think it's super just it's just yeah it's it's frightening it it Uh, definitely makes jesse feel evil and he definitely feels more evil than than you could have possibly ever imagined compared to how he was in the beginning of this movie and it feels like this is the point. This is um, Jesse's everything is going to be just fine moment with Katie. Mm-hmm. Because it's got, like the point of no return. At this point, I think he disappears when they take Irma to the hospital. Um, and, you know, this entire time, his family's been scared for him. His family's been worried. His sister's scared for him. Yeah, his like dad, the creepy, the, the kind of creepy, like, just, you know, just as an aside thing is when uh what's it called he's talking to his dad and his dad is just like you know just you know where he originally he's telling him about what's going on with him and does he think that it that that you know that his mom like gave him up to some sort of coven to anna and like basically like him just like spilling everything out and it's just like his his sister and his dad looking at him like he's crazy and that's Mm -hmm. when his dad goes goes you know he goes he goes you've had all sorts of problems he goes you're he's like your personality is changing and then he talks about how apparently jesse's up in the middle of the night all the time which essentially mm-hmm. just means that they're hearing like ghostly footsteps like in paranormal activity even though you're not seeing it like the way we saw it in the original mm-hmm. it's just like that's what's going on it's like they're hearing demon walking around the entire house like every night and even when jesse has talked about how he has like missing spots of time um, where he's like forgetting a lot of stuff that's happening and everything. And you uh, know yes. what's really awesome about that? What I love now that I think about it, they don't have to show it because we've already seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I love that they encompass that. No, this isn't just like something like this shit isn't just going on right now. It's also everything that's been going on in the other movies that you do remember. It's happening. We're just, we just don't have to show you. Yeah. And I think that was so, that's a really good way to tell this story. Another like, thing I really love about this is, okay, so Jesse disappears. Uh, Hector and Marissa have to go find him. 
they end up finding him in some alleyway near where they live. Uh, and that's when like he like is seen in front of the car, he like scares them, disappears out of nowhere, and then he shows up like right next to the driver's side window and like mm-hmm. busts burst the window and starts like strangling Hector. And, and you're um, like, No, my prince. Yeah, and then Maricel gets out and like hits him with a pipe or something. <laughs> no, it's the baseball bat, and it's funny because oh, okay. they bring attention to it earlier when they're in when Hector and Jesse are in the car. Oh, and that's Jesse's right. Roasting Hector, being like, "Why do you got a baseball bat?" And he goes, "Man, <laughs> he was with someone trying to steal my sign or some shit like that." Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what it was that that she hit him with. But she knocks him out. They drag him into the backseat of the car. And, uh, you know, like Marisol's screaming and freaking out because, you know, Jesse's like, just is not conscious and his eyes look completely different, much like Oscar's eyes were before. And as they're driving, I guess, trying to, you know, look to take him to a hospital or something, that's when all of a sudden, boom, this like black Cadillac Escalade ends up like just crashing right into their car (laughs) or like Explorer or something like that. It's one of those big black SUVs ends up like crashing right into the car. And I was about to say, this coven's got taste getting some escalate. <laughs> but the, the passenger camera is just like looking, is just staring at Hector and like his side is like he and Marisol are obviously just like knocked out unconscious for a while, for a bit while this coven, like their members get out and they just drag Jesse out and throw him into the car and drive away. That is fucking terrifying. And it's something we see all the time in movies. Like, it's a very common trope. But it's so different to see it first person. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, of course, they drive. They don't know who to reach out to. So, they actually go to uh, Oscar's, Oscar's brother. brother. Mm-hmm. Who, I think, he has a name. I always forget Arturo. his name is. Arturo. There we go. So, they get um, Arturo and his friend Santo, who... <laughs> They ask them for help and that they know where they took Jesse. And these are the people that uh, fucked with Oscar. So that was enough for them to come along too. They yes. grab guns. Their retaliation <laughs> exists in the streets, you guys. Like that is that is why there is a cycle of violence sometimes. If, if somebody from one side of town kills someone else and they have friends that, you know, are in a local gang, it's like that is how that's how gang problems start. So, that's how escalation happens, y'all. So all you know, so you're talking to people who all they know is retaliation. So that's exactly what they're doing. They end up driving to where the coven is at, and with a trunk <laughs> full of guns, they roll up on this coven and immediately start capping witches. I fucking love it. It's great. This movie has effectively just like balanced so many different tones together. It's an excellent scene to watch it just start blasting the shit out of ladies that are running at them screaming. And it's like every movie in this in this series in this franchise has always been how helpless the people are and it's so refreshing to see a group of survivors actually kind of like taking the fight to the coven and to the demons. So it's kind of cool to see like these guys go in and start capping some of them. I mm. I loved it. I thought it was goofy, and, but it wasn't done in a way that's like takes away from the movie or makes. The no, movie. it's literally what people complain about all the time. Like you know, people that we know watch these movies all the time. Like, well, if that happened to me, I would just pull up with a gun. Like you know, like that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> well, yes, they're doing it. They are doing this exactly. This is you pulling up with a gun. 
<laughs> and uh, so they, you know, these witches end up actually killing everyone. They kill Marisol, and she like crashes through like a sky window, and mm. uh, right in right in front of some room that uh, Hector is in. Um, Arturo two- gets overcome. Santos is killed off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, it's just Hector now at this point. And as he's going through the house, of course, you get that they, they're playing with a lot of things that were in the previous movies. They have this thing where there's sheets covering, um, mm-hmm. cert, you know, covering furniture, and it really makes it looks like human shapes. Really freaks with you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think even behind, like in the back of the scene where you're looking at the furniture, it looks like there's a rocking chair or something that's moving, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the back corner. Um, next thing you know, you see you know the demon jesse is knocking on the door asking hector to let him in and hector basically says fuck you and jesse just like starts destroying the door with his bare hands and uh hector just runs through a door through this like door and all of a sudden he's in a very modern looking uh garage compared Mm -hmm. to like where they were before which looked like a giant compound and it looked like you know it was like it looked like a farmhouse, earlier, yeah. Yeah, like it looked it looked completely different from this room that they're in now, which is which just the, a completely normal garage. Should be noted that the farmhouse is um Katie and Christie's um grandma's farmhouse. Yes. So and that's where the coven like organizes and does all their creepy spooky Yeah. We essentially went back stuff. to the same place that we went at the end of Paranormal Activity Three. Exactly. So Hector ends up in this garage and as he comes out, we get, you know, the, he's panning with the, with the GoPro Mm -hmm. and we see a very familiar computer setup and a Mm -hmm. very familiar uh, kitchen setup in a very modern San Diego house. Yes. (laughs) Or no, where do they live? La Jolla or some shit? No, it's San Diego. And we, and we quickly discover that where we are right now is uh, Katie and Mika's house from Paranormal Activity 1. And not just Katie and Mika's house. Katie and Mika's house, the night Katie kills Mika in Paranormal Activity. So we see Katie come down the stairs in her trance and sit in the kitchen and grabs the knife and stands there while Hector tries to get her attention. So we actually see what happened downstairs. Exactly. Yes, and we, and we see that Hector is trying to get her attention to help, and he sees her freak out, and she screams bloody murder for Mika. We finally know why because Hector was there. Yeah, Hector basically like just stunned her out of her trance, and Mika ends up running down the stairs, and he just thinks is there an intruder like inside the house, and so he tackles Hector, and when right as he's about to like actually try to subdue him that's when Katie comes up behind him and starts stabbing the shit out of him. <laughs> and uh, so, so Hector runs out of like the kitchen and is running back towards the garage door. And that's where he like just runs smack dab into demon Jesse and he's murdered by demon Jesse. Mm-hmm. And no ending jump scare, nothing crazy. It just cuts to just black screen. Yes, like that is the that is the final jump scare, and that is the end of Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. We get as far as I know, there's no uh, post credit scene. 
Um, no. There's no like title. There. That, that's the other thing. There's like no ending title title card like in the other ones that kind of explain what happens later. Um. Yeah, the, and that was it. That's kind of the, that, that's the movie. Um, you know, like before we started, I was telling you about how there was a post-credit scene in uh, Paranormal Activity Four that um, that hinted at the marked ones. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually, you know, it shows the store. Uh, it shows the store uh, that uh, Irma and Hector and Marisol go to grab the 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 magic ingredients. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's a completely different character who has the camera and they get confronted by a completely different looking witch. Like it's not Anna, but she says something to the effect of it's about to begin in Spanish. Um, alluding to what happens in this film. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think the only thing to talk about is do we like paranormal activity marked ones? I'll let you start off. Yeah, I think clearly both of us really love this movie. We have an affinity for it. Again, I think there's no due in no small part to the fact that these characters are people who are ethnically close to, you know, us, who these families are exactly like the families that we have. These friends are exactly like the friends that we've had growing up. Like, it's just, to me, it's so important. It's so special. And I wish there were more movies like this. I'm talking to you, Blumhouse, when you decided to make La Llorona <laughs> and have it revolve around white people. Like, it's just, it doesn't take much. It really just, like, it, you know, like, it is... I wish studios would realize the importance of actually creating movies that, like, can... Re- that, that an audience can relate to, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. now is, like, is, is a time when more movies are, are looking to start doing that post-Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. But this is, again, just an early example of, like, if you really just def- decide to go full on with diversity, it's you're going to open the door for an audience that you may not have known was there. It's and... funny that you mentioned that because Blumhouse is the production company for this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, high recommend. Love it. I think it's a great movie. I think it's the best movie in this series, maybe. Uh now, but that's but that's take, just me being biased. <laughs> take what we say with a very big grain of salt, because apparently we are in a minority here. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, marked ones had like one of the worst like uh, box office openings for uh, for what's it called the Paranormal Activity movie? Is my understanding. It also had a the really shitty um, luck of opening the same, like around the same time as Frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think worldwide it grossed a total of like 90, 90 mil or something like that. Almost I, I, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, uh, the problem is it wasn't promoted as well as other movies are. And mm-hmm. I do like, there, there's a wonderful podcast that I listen to called, you know, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And um they kind of go over and I, and I would agree with this as well. So again, this is not something that I'm going to take credit for, but this kind of idea with, with studios and movies where, you know, they don't like where they don't like to cast too many actors of a certain ethnicity because then it turns, they think they, it turns into a black film, right. Mm-hmm. Or it turns into a, like, you know, like, like we don't want this to turn into an overly Hispanic movie now because they think it like limits their audience. 
And then it's, the problem uh, is, and the and the problem with these movies are that they give it less advertisement than they would give a movie that's coming out with white character with the white actors in it. They just get it's like studios just have less faith in it. And mm-hmm. when they and when they don't invest as much into trying to get the word out, you know, the movies don't do as well in the box office, and it ends up being you know and the excuse for it ends up being well this is what happens when you know when we don't cast a white actor that could that could give us a broader like audience for it this is when you get the minorities involved this is what happens right and i think once you you know when you get to something more like get out or when more specifically like us and like you know the movies that are coming out now you come to find out that's nonsense right and antebellum next year yeah like it's it's as long as you're as long as you're actually trying to put forth the effort into marketing your films then you you will get a higher audience for it again i do think that this was a victim of coming out at the wrong time it also just wasn't marketed well enough and it also came after paranormal activity 4 which was mm-hmm. just far and away like the ghost dimension and part four are the two worst movies in the franchise by that point it's a getaway it's a runaway wagon that's going right for a fucking like canyon (laughs) yeah so people so people just probably thought it was going to be a bad movie and didn't really decide to go to it and it ends up just being a movie that is i think is just better on video anyway and it's hard because it's like it, you're right. This movie never really had a chance. It fucking was released like January. Like January's not a spooky month. Why are we putting it in January? <laughs> yeah, like, the rest Jesus. of the Paranormal Activity movies are October releases. Yeah, so it's like they they did no favors to make this movie succeed, and it sucks because the actors were fa- the acting in this movie was phenomenal. I thought a lot of these characters felt very genuine and real. Like it was, it, and of course, maybe I'm biased because, uh, you know, representation matters. Well, we <laughs> but, are biased, but it's also, it's both. It's both. We're biased because of how we feel about this movie, but it's also just the fact that, you know, this movie was not put in the best position to succeed as well. And, uh, you know, of course, I like, I like, I like t- taking some time to talk about some things I also didn't like in the movie, even when, even when it's movies I do like. Um, one thing that really didn't, uh, it doesn't hold up, even in over the course of the last like six years, that CGI is fucking bad. <laughs> some of the CGI in this movie is really fucking bad. And it sucks because it's like, the the what made the first paranormal activity work is a lot of like practical effects and the very little cgi they did use was very like it it helped right um it was one of those situations where less is more and in this and the the problem is as you make sequels uh you can't really use the less is more approach because if you're making sequels and you're expanding into this more connected story you need to show more and more and you know like there were some scenes where i'm like oh the like the cgi part where um jesse goes flying over the stairs on the skateboard that and he like so very obviously switched to a cgi double that like ragdolls its way down i'm like oh that just looks bad um the dog torture scene where he pins the dog telekinetically to the to the ceiling it it just looks really awkward and eh. 
but um aside from that like those are really my only knocks i felt this movie did a really good job of bringing in a bunch of loose strands from different films uh bringing in characters you forgot about like honestly i completely forgot about the about the stepdaughter from um from paranormal activity 2 so i thought it was interesting she comes in as this like pseudo expert on paranormal like investigations and she kind of uh is able to give our main characters uh guidance right especially especially since in the paranormal activity like franchise there is no experts there is nobody that knows what's going on so it it, it helps that your main characters have this help um yeah loved hector loved jesse loved uh marisol like even she didn't get too much screen time but i thought she was great um you know overall it's a fun movie it's a it's a fun horror movie to keep watching it's cool it's fun to come back to every once in a while um if you're a paranormal activity fan chances are you're this is already on your watch list it might not be your favorite but uh there's some things to appreciate if you like it um but yeah just if you enjoy barrio horror movies this is probably a good movie to check out so i think that's about it so we appreciate you guys joining us for this episode of the show uh glad you have continued to stick by us as we are just you know trying to get through this pandemic together (laughs) and uh again continue sharing with us on social media please keep telling people that you know about this podcast uh give us a review on apple Podcasts if that's the platform that you use and just do your best to try to help us get the word out about the show so Uh, We appreciate you guys joining us for this episode this week, and we'll talk to you guys next time. (laughs) All right, later, y'all.